Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us today. It is Tuesday, January 13th. It's a Twilight edition. <laughs> Of Satellite Sisters. Yes. And by that, we don't mean that we're going to talk about Twilight. We mean that we're doing it at Twilight. It's late, late for us, Satellite Sisters. Julie, it's nearly 8 o'clock there in New York City where you are. I know. I just got off work a couple hours ago or an hour ago, Leanne. So uh, this is it. But yes, we I don't think we've ever done the show at this hour. No, we? I'm usually wrapped up by, by, by now. I've usually completed my day and I'm on the downward swing at quarter of five in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena. Julie is in Brooklyn, New York. She is going to be filling us in on her Urban Nana Adventures uh, we have a couple of other observations about the Golden Globe and the one thing you really need to make 2015 your year. But we're really here because it's Downton Gabby time. We missed the first Downton Gabby because uh, we had we were traveling. We were in the midst of things. But don't worry. We've had requests. We're going to get to Downton Gabby, the season premiere and episode two. We're mushing them together in our commentary. So stay tuned for that. Um, but, Jewel, here's the thing. So, you know, before Christmas, I had to put my dog, Mia, down, right? I know, Leanne. I'm, I, I mean, I'm still so sorry about that. And so many Satellite Sister listeners posted their condolences, you know, dog lovers all over the country, the world. I mean, it's just, it's hard, isn't it? It, it is hard. Yes, thank you for all your really nice notes. I read them all. I couldn't respond to all of them, but it really, really made a difference. So, you know, she was a presence here on the podcast, often barking. I had told stories about Mia for a decade. You know, I had her for 10 years. And um, so I knew when we got back from our trip that I was really going to feel it. You know, when... We, we yeah. put her down just before we left. Uh, she was very, very sick, so I don't have any regrets or anything. But And then we quickly left town for 11 days. So then uh, when I knew when I came back I was going to feel it. And I have to tell you, the house is so quiet and right. so lonely and so clean. You know, they're, <laughs> they're yeah, dogs. Very... I mean, dogs make a mess, okay? They we do. I mean, I know there's all kinds of hairless breeds, <laughs> breeds that don't shed but that that they still like track in mud. They're they're just they, you know they slobber the water bowl. It, it's a mess. If it's you look at the dog, yeah. you you know you do not have you don't win the immaculate house uh, keeping award. No, no, it's possible. No, but there are two big things I've noticed. The first of which is surprising that um, I have come pulled into my driveway where my dog spent many years on guard in the driveway behind the fence uh, protecting us. From mainly other dogs, but also I realize now she was protecting us from the invasion of squirrels because for the last couple of days I pulled in my driveway and there have been squirrels, mul- multiple squirrels just sitting in the driveway eating stuff. I was like, what, what is this? Like, what? Like I've already given them the perimeter, you know, they have, yes. they get to go all around the fence, uh, all around the house. They eat my avocados. They clean out my pomegranate tree. They literally ate every single plum on my plum tree this year. Oh. They are the, ha- yeah, I did not get one plum. They ate them all. They used, 
the garage roof as kind of an attack point, and they could reach all the plums before we could. So now that they, but they had the perimeter, but now they're invading the interior of our of our yard. So I, what's your? What are you going to do, Lee? I don't know. I'm going to have to get another dog. I just, you know, I like squirrels, but I don't want them in the driveway. What if they don't even move? I drive in, they're like, hello. I, I couldn't believe it. So I, that I realized, boy, she's really been keeping those squirrels at bay. I did not appreciate that. And, uh-huh. uh, and then the second thing is I started to add up the miles of walking I did with her. You know, in addition right. to my regular exercise, and I realize i I just gotta keep I just gotta keep walking like this is not a time in my life when I should be exercising less <laughs> you know i she easily pushed me over those ten thousand steps every day because even if I went for a walk with friends or went to class, I was still walking her, you know, right. take her you a little bit in the morning walk the dog, yeah. Right. Take her at lunch, take her at the evening. You know, she loved to walk. She was a very fast walker. So we did a lot of excellent walks. But even on days when I was busy, I still walked her a little. And so now I just feel like an idiot walking by myself. Isn't that the, isn't that yes. the truth, Leanne? Yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, I, I know there are many, many people that walk by themselves and they seem to do it very well. But yes, if you're used to walking a dog... To walk without a dog, it's like, why are you even walking? Why are you walking? So the first oh. first couple of days last week, I didn't really walk. And then I started adding up the miles. Like, I really can't afford calorie-wise to not walk those extra 50 miles a month that I walked with her. So I've been walking like under cloak of darkness. <laughs> Because you're embarrassed. Because I just yeah. feel like an idiot. You know, I always talk to myself when I walk. A lot of times I work on material for the show or for books and stuff. But when you have a dog, people assume you're talking to the dog, you know. But now it's just like me in my clothes walking around the neighborhood. Like, oh, I know. So, Maybe you should get some of those big headphones, those beat headphones. That's what you need. So then that... It would give you a whole new look, a yeah. fresh perspective. Yeah. And if you were talking to yourself with those headphones on, people would just think you're doing something super cool. That's okay. Yeah. Like rapping or something. So I'll try that. But today, honestly, when the yard guy knocked on the front door and he's like, I just want to tell you how sorry I am about your dog. I just lost it. I totally lost it. I Aww. did. I, I miss her and I didn't expect it. And I know pet grief is a real thing, but I, I really miss her. So, uh, even so- the yard guy, cause I imagine <laughs> yard guys don't always love all the dogs that they find in yards, right? I know. Yeah, the German Shepherd. And what was incredible was he said he heard it from another yard guy. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like, oh, I heard, I don't know how, like the word is spread. You know, I have had a lot of neighbors say how sorry they are and things like that. But that, that made me laugh. No, she, you know, she was friendly to all except that one one dog. Right. Other than that, she right. was really worthless as a watchdog. So usually people don't like giant German shepherds, but um, they enjoyed her. So there you have it. I just life without a dog is surprising. It's surprising. So I. But you're not you're not ready or thinking about getting another dog or. No, what you- I don't think so. Not right away. We have a bunch of travel. I have a lot of work coming up. I have a couple of projects that I really have to um, to buckle down on and finish and work on. So. <laughs> It's not a good time to, like, introduce a new species into the household. You know, but we'll see in September. Well, maybe we'll see in September. 
Like Maybe I thought, you can get one of those iguana from <laughs> Galapagos so that you called your boyfriend iguana. Love them. If we could have one of those on a leash, I'm sure it wouldn't be the first in Pasadena, California. I love them. Okay. All right. So there you have it. So how's it going in Brooklyn, though? Okay. Urban Nana. Okay. Just to recap, if you have not listened to the last couple of podcasts, um, I am here in Brooklyn, New York, because my son and daughter-in-law and my beautiful granddaughter, Josephine, are here. My daughter-in-law had to go back to work. And so I have come in this month for the month of January as part of the care team. I'm team Josephine, um, taking care of my granddaughter as my, as my daughter-in-law tradition, uh, uh, goes back to work, you know, transition. Um, she, she's transitioning. What, it is a transition. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it's been a big first week, Leanne. Uh, I was here last week in training, meaning that Lauren was home, um, and we were going through the routines and having the baby get used to me. Josephine is four months old. Um, and of course she's a genius and she's beautiful and re- the most remarkable, um, child ever. Um, well, you know, of all, I mean, I have lots, I have four grandchildren, right. so I find them all <laughs> remarkable and whatever. But what I love is that my daughter-in-law and I share sort of, and son uh, shares sort of the same parenting st- style, which is, I believe in a schedule, and mm-hmm. I, I think that children, babies really flourish when they have a set nap time, set feeding times. And so I was very happy on Monday morning when I arrived for my first first full day. There in front of me was a color-coded schedule. Room. Oh, Color, wow. Color-coded, yeah. Color-coded. And, you know, I mean, I, you know, some people might, you know, might have, that might have ruffled their feathers. I enjoyed that so much because I never lost, you know, it's a long day with a little one, you know, and there's, there is a long day. There are many feedings, there are many diaper changes, there are many, you know, so there you have multiple naps. So if you're going to, if you want to keep a baby in a routine, you know, it's the color coding really helped me out a lot. So (laughs) I referred to it several times, Leon. I'm not ashamed ashamed to say. Um, but the thing is that uh, uh, Josephine, uh, uh, they have been bre- breastfeeding Josephine, and so now we're going to the bottle. And they have tried very hard to introduce the bottle prior to Lauren going back to work, but Josephine has hated the bottle. Yeah. He hated it. So they were really bracing for, like, she was not going to drink anything during the hours uh, in which I was babysitting. That's, they had discussed that with their pediatrician. They knew that that was a possibility because they have just, they've had a lot of difficulty. She's a delightful child, but she hated the bottle Mm -hmm. with a capital H. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we, we had some moments on the first day where it was just, it was not great. It was kind of a struggle, but she did, she did get hungry and thirsty and she relinquished. Um, and you know, she, she took some of it. But so day two, Nana went in and I told Josephine the theme for the day was the bottle is your friend. Okay. (laughs) I just decided that we have to, we have to, Josephine has to see this not as a substitution for her mother, which I think is what was really bugging her. And of course, uh, I mean, 
I, you know, you can't blame her. I, you'd be mad too if you, you know, if you thought you were going to get your mother and you get this bottle, right? So and I Nana. just and just <laughs> Nana with the bottle it wasn't working. So I, so I decided um, that okay, we're just going to make it fun. We changed it up. We did not, you know, go. We didn't. We didn't do. We didn't do the feeding in the same place where Lauren had done the feeding. I put her in a bouncy chair, and. Uh, and I let her play with the bottle. I didn't make her put it in your mouth. And we had a much better day, Leah. Oh, today. good. So I'm right. happy to say. I'm, again, because she's a genius child. Yeah. So she, she, um, she, she got into that. So, And again, I've got the color-coded schedule. And then also because uh, Will and Lauren have been so worried about, like, how, how much she's eating during the day. You know, they have to – she has to right. – Lauren's were – you know, I had a chart to fill out about – you know, um, number, wow. you know, <laughs> yes, Liam, me with the chart. I How's know. your math, Nana? How's your math, or Banana? I know I had to measure out, you know, well, everything was, uh, believe me, everything was organized for me, you know, but how many ounces I offered the baby, how many ounces she actually took, number of wet diapers, you know, uh, just there were, there were multiple chartings. So this, um, and you, and at first you might think, oh, well, that's ridiculous. You know, that's again, why do you have to do that? But it's, you get confused, uh, you know, right, I mean, you do. because I'm a grandmother or something. Right. When was that nap? When did she go yeah. down that time? Or how much did she drink? I'm happy I'm writing it down, Leanne. I think it's a good system. And I, I am totally embracing the charting uh, associated with this assignment. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, I'm glad, she, I'm glad she had a better day with the, the bottle. Yes, my, yes. my oldest son never took a bottle for six months and it was really hard. I mean, he... He never took a bottle, and until they're six months old, they can't eat solid food. So it's a problem leaving them with anyone else. So we stuck sippy cups in his hands really young. But but the other one gave me up and loved the bottle, loved it. Yeah. The bottle yeah. was his friend. I yes, finally, finally had to throw the bottle away in the trash in front of him, like gave it to the man in the trash truck to take away. Oh, I know. It's very dramatic. I mean, when, they, when the bottle becomes their friend, that's, yeah. that's, that's hard too. Yes. It's hard too. It's its own oh. issue. All right. So I, I'm not mentioning that. I, I, we're, we're not, we're, You're we're not just there taking, yet. Yeah. We're taking it one day right. at a time here. Right. I had two successful walks. You know, uh, I know you took, what was that deep water workout that yes. you took before yeah. your big trip? Okay. I am doing doing deep urban workout now, Leon. that getting the, you know, the baby in the snowsuit, which you see, you don't know anything about snowsuits because right. you have, you had two children in Pasadena, California, but children hate snowsuits. Leon. <laughs> there's, there's nothing they like about them that, you know, so it is, it's a real chore to get them in and out of a snowsuit. They stiffen up, they won't bend their arms. They just, they hate them. So uh, as I had explained, I had to figure out how to carry the giant stroller down the front brownstone steps, then go run back up to the apartment, the second story, get the baby out of the crib who's in the snowsuit and who's crying because she hates the, the, the snowsuit, carry her down, lock all the doors, and then take the walk. So I've done uh, twice a day. I did yeah. that today, Liam. And it's cold here in New York. Can I tell you that? It's like... 25 degrees. All right. Way to go. Way to go. No, New banana, but I'm proud of myself. I'm yeah. proud of myself. I am happy. I'm so happy to be here. And I know it's just a big, it's a big relief to her parents, to Josephine's parents. Mm -hmm. 
that she's in good hands, uh, you know, and that this is really a big help to them. It is such an incredibly uh, tough position. You know, it's a tough transition. Yes. You have, you have the baby. It changes your world and you go back to work and it no, no, your world at work is not changed. You're supposed to just fit back into it, even though everything about your life has completely changed. So it's just a, a tough mental transition there. So I hope I, I hope everything goes well. Okay, keep up the good work there. All Diana. right, I will. More reports to follow. Did you get a chance to watch the Golden Globes? Uh, Aline, I watched the first portion of it. Okay, because because uh, uh, um, again because of my work work assignment, yeah. I have to be I have to get up bright and early here. So. I couldn't stay up for the whole thing, but I, I did enjoy it. I, you know, saw the runway, saw, I, I you know, I wanted to see the opening monolo- monologues. Uh, that was good. See some of the stars. Um, so what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought in general it was really fun. I, th- I don't often say this about award shows, but I thought there were some really good speeches. You know, one of the reasons I don't watch a lot of award shows is because people take their five minutes of fame and under the mic and they just list everybody they've ever worked with whose names are meaningless to all of us watching. Um, but I thought there were some great moments uh, on the stage by, you know, the young actress that won for Jane the Virgin. That was a really good speech. Yes, it Common was. and John Legend were great and that was very emotional and that was a great speech. I just thought uh, Kevin's Spacey. I, you know, I thought people had really interesting things to say this year, which is not actually the norm at award shows. So, and I think because they picked a bunch of quirky films that might've actually helped. What'd you think? Yeah. Um, well, I, I would agree with you that I think that they really, uh, went with, you know, with quirky, with the quirky, like the, the establishment or anything that was sort of more mainstream, that did not win, and so that was that was good. I know there was a little bit. I don't know if you saw that with the comedian Margaret Cho. She was playing a North Korean um, soldier. Um, yes, you know what? I did not know that was Margaret Cho till the next morning when I saw oh, the headline. Didn't? Oh no, oh, okay. I just okay. wasn't. I just wasn't. Cl- I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't know it was her. Okay. So, well, first of first of all, I thought the bit went on way too long. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was yeah. like. It should have been like a one second visual or something like that. Right. But I mean, then it was sort of, you know, belabored. Okay, we're going to take the picture with Meryl Streep. And then, you know, Benedict there jumping. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. I didn't think that was funny. It's like, sit down. Why are you even in that? But that was (laughs) whatever. But apparently, uh, Margaret Cho, the comedian, has received a lot of criticism uh, for, I don't know from whom, uh, just from the that, internet, you know, was, from the Twitterverse, which who yes, cares? that like, she was mocking North right. Koreans and Margaret Cho put out a statement today and she said, you know, I'm of mixed North and South uh, Korean descent and you imprison, starve, brainwash my people. You get made fun of by me. So good for her. Good Good for for her. her. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. Good for her. Well, just the whole theme of artistic expression, obviously, with the events in France that was on everyone's mind and George Clooney. So I thought that was an effective setting and I thought they did it in an effective way to at least do it with a little bit of humor. So Leon, the other one that, that gave a very good speech was that tall Dutchman 
who was who's you, head of the foreign press. He was incredibly tall, wasn't he? Yes, he was. As, as, as we've discussed on Satellite Sisters, <laughs> yes. you know, they were the tallest people yes. uh, on the planet, the, the Dutch. The Dutch. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the tall Dutchman, he gave a beautiful speech about about freedom of expression and protecting the right both, you know, what the events in France and certainly the events in North Korea. So he did a good job. Yeah, I agree. And then George Clooney, it was great, great speeches all around. So, of course, most of the movies somehow I haven't seen. I don't know. I don't know why. We really upped our movie intake this year, but apparently it was movies that were not nominated. So, like, I was relieved to see that Boyhood is now, it's on our, it's on our system, our DirecTV system, because I never got to see it in the theater. So, and okay. I know, you know, I recommend it. I know. I just, I just didn't, I didn't get a chance this summer. So, uh, so I'm going to, going to get on it now between now and the Academy Awards. Although always in general, I don't really care that much. <laughs> so. But, but I thought that was a pretty good show. Um, all right, Julie, there are a lot of, you know, I, I came back from my trip and I had just magazines galore. All my monthly magazines came in uh, with all their advice for 2015. And okay, so good I, I put them in a stack, you know, I put them in a stack. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to all these. So I see, you know, on the cover of Real Simple, More Energy Now. The secret to boosting your metabolism. So, oh, I gotta that go. sounds good, Liam. Yeah, I gotta go what right. Gotta go right to that. Well, Julie, it's like ten steps. I mean, come on. And ma- yeah. mainly, it's like eat less, exercise more. That's okay. how you boost. Okay. But in ten steps. So, um, you, so what, I, what are you saying? That if you want to, bo- you want to be able to boost your metabolism in one. Yeah, one that's a lot. You know, I know these ten steps. I don't need that. And then, and then I see Oprah. I see the cover of Oh, the Oprah magazine. Okay, and this is twenty questions every woman should ask herself today, and the answers <laughs> that will leave you a lot less puzzled. And I thought, well, twenty questions. All right, I, I can see, you know, maybe I should be asking myself more questions other than what's for dinner. Uh, so, but it's, That's a very fine question. It's a good question. Don't, you know. ever, don't ever lose that from your list of 20 questions. Okay. So some of the questions I, I didn't even understand. Do I feel at home? What should I try today? Am I funny? Am I smart? Really? I don't, you know what? If... If you don't know you're funny, you shouldn't ask yourself that. I know. I mean, right. <laughs> do Am I, I have enough? Do I have enough fun? Okay, that's a good question. Am I waiting for my real life to begin? Can you see where it's going? Just heavier and heavier. Mm. Do I see mm. myself as others see me? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> do I really know what I think I know? That's demoralizing. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. Am what I, number are we on? How many more of these do I we mean, have to do? I mean, there are like five more. But like one of the last ones is, am I overthinking things? Well, I think you're overthinking this question concept, Oprah. I don't Have I made peace with my past? So much work, Jill. So, so much work for 2015. So I was so excited when I saw the cover of Parade magazine this week. Okay, and when now I, you're talking, Liam. Okay. Yeah. And when I say magazine, I use that term loosely because the parade now is, I believe, shorter and thinner than the Target Circular. I know. I know. But it's hanging in there, Lee. And it's really amazing that we still get parade magazine. It is. Think about it. Yeah. When you think about all the fine magazines that have gone belly up. Parade is still putting itself out there, sticking itself in your Sunday newspapers that nobody gets anymore. Right. Okay. 
So, so what is parade? So like? parade's headline, thank God, is the number one health booster in 2015. Politicians, children, and celebrities are doing it. Shouldn't you? Okay, That's so it, Julie. Just one thing. Just one, one thing. thing. It's not ten things. It's not twenty questions. And you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Can okay. you guess? One thing is it walking? Is it smiling? Is it smiling? <laughs> yeah. Smiling's good. No, it's meditation. It's oh. it's this idea of mindfulness. Oh, okay. Everybody's doing it. It's bodybuilding for your brain. Everyone's doing it, Jill. Everyone's doing it. And Mindfulness 101, it's as easy as this. Listen to this. Three steps. We can do it. Breathe mindfully. Okay? If your mind okay. wanders, breathe. Okay. How about this? Hug mindfully. When you hug someone, Julie, take a few moments to focus on the sensation of the hug. Listen, I'm hugging my little Josephine <laughs> all the time. I, 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 I'm, I'm into it. I'm into the sensation. Well, according to psychologist Alicia Goldstein, don't let go until you both until you feel both bodies start to relax. That's actually a little creepy, I think. But okay. And then the last one is eat mindfully. So there you go. And then. We'll, that's it. That's all you need to do. So there you go. Well, Mindfulness, meditation, get into it, Julie. We'll have a much better 2015. I feel like I can do that. Okay. Do we're, we're going with parade. We're, we, parade. Uh, we're not, not going parade. with Oprah no. or Real Simple. Nope. Okay. I go, like that. Go with parade. Because, you know, they like to keep us up to date on, like, what's Soupy Sales doing now? You know? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I okay. mean, you know that fake okay. col- fake column in the beginning where they pretend people write in about Soupy Sales' latest project or you know, hey, I've been wondering about Donny Osmond. No, no one's been wondering about Donny Osmond. That is a lie. You made that question mm-hmm. up. But there you go. Parade, personality parade, they still have it. See now Larry King's off the air land, so this is where people go with those questions. Right. right? Those big questions. Okay. All right. We are gonna get on now to Downton Gabby. Uh, because Julia Urbanana has to get to bed. And we are, you know, we're two episodes into season five already. Um, Julie, I don't know about you, but I have enjoyed both the episodes. It makes me completely forget what happened at the end of last season, so I had to do some reviewing. Uh, so I thought I would just start with the storylines that they appear to be setting up over the first couple of episodes. That sounds good, Leanne. And then we can comment on it. I just one little note and congratulations to Joanne Froggett. Oh yeah. say, Say her name. Anna from Downton Abbey won a golden globe and it was for the whole rape story that went on, uh, last season. And it was, certainly well-deserved, don't you think, Liam? Yes. I mean, that was... Yes, yes, because it wasn't a popular storyline, and you kind of thought, oh, boy, haven't... Is this where they needed to go? But I thought that was sort of the best-written storyline and one of the best-acted storylines last year. And that was also a very touching speech from her, you know, about the women that she had heard from. Right. Yeah, and she seemed genuinely, like, surprised and shocked and shaking. So I always liked that, too. So, yes. So okay. congratulations to her. Congratulations well done, Anna. to Anna. We're, we're very proud of her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here are the storylines they seem to be setting up. Uh, all right, Tom. We love Tom. Tom apparently is, is a Bolshevik now. So they're setting that up. Okay. Edith is stalking her own child, baby Marigold. Is that the yes. baby's name or is that my imagination? It's Marigold, no, right? No, Marigold. I know. Okay. Marigold. Marigold. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mrs. Crawley has a suitor. All right. And the Dowager Countess is jealous of the suitor. 
So. Right, because it's like a very, I mean, because it's the suitor is like very moneyed and has a big estate, slightly drafty. And the idea, you know, that she would end up sort of wealthier in a higher position. I mean, the dowager can't, can't handle that. Right. So that's fun to watch. All right. Thomas, of course, is still a scheming jerk. We had a little moment last year where we, we felt sympathy for him, but he's back to being the old Thomas, which is a little tired as a storyline. And now he seems to be blackmailing a maid whose name no one can really recall. I mean, you know, right. What is her name? I know, but you know, she's the head, she's the head maid. I I know she's the lady's maid. It's, it's Bratton or Baxter, Baxter. I think it's yeah. Baxter. Yeah. Yeah. It's Baxter. Okay. Mosley. We had to see way too many scenes <sighs> of him. Uh, we're not fans of Mosley. We'll just say it. We've said it before. But I think they're trying to warm us to Mosley this year. <laughs> I mean, I, I think with, with episode two, Leon, that we're supposed to feel more sympathetic to, towards him. Yep. <laughs> Fine. All right. Well, he dyed his hair in the first episode and then he's reaching out and befriending Baxter in the second. Uh, but really, it was the most exciting storyline I thought was Lady Mary off on her sexcapade with Lord Gillingham. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, he's just I'm so excited for this. Let's just stop. Okay. First of all, the idea that you are going to get away with you're going on a little sketching holiday with your girlfriend. Okay. That never works. As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, she's going to get caught. I know she is. No, we, she hasn't gotten caught yet. But uh, but I, I believe me, I, I, I went AWOL sometime in college and I said I was going to a girlfriend's house. It does not work. You yeah. always get caught. Right, Leon? <laughs> You get caught, okay? I like the euphemism sketching trip, though, for whatever she's on, (laughs) whatever is happening. And then really the storyline that seems to be dominating the household, both upstairs and downstairs, is the World War I memorial, pitting Lord Grantham against Mr. Carson about where the memorial will be and the intent of the memorial, uh, both dividing the classes and (laughs) uniting the classes. So, uh, and that's... That's the storyline to me that was the most soapy because everyone was talking about it in every scene. You know how like in all my children, like if there's a party in town, everyone's talking about the party in every scene. And that the World War One Memorial, I think, pushed Downton Abbey over the edge to soap opera. Not that I care because they speak in those lovely British accents with those costumes. So it's fine with me. So those are the storylines we're following. What'd you think, Joel? What'd you think? Well, I, I have enjoyed it, Leon. I, I felt like, you know, you're, I, you, when I started to watch the first episode, I was like, it's like a warm bath. You know, you just get in, you get so comfortable. You're very familiar with all the characters. You know what's going on. I was a little worried that there wasn't going to be enough for Tom to do, you know, and I'm glad as the second episode has, has developed that they, they are going to do something with Tom this season. Cause I feel like he's just been hanging around in the drawing room and, you know, occasionally showing up with the, uh, with the baby, but that's, but he, you know, he has, doesn't really have enough to do. So, and I think Lord Grantham is, is in the same boat. Right. You know, he, he doesn't really have enough to do uh, this season. You know, he, he was a little miffed. I mean, he's on this committee for the war memorial, but you know, he's, you know, he's just seen as a blocker, you know, he's seen, you know, uh, so 
he just seems to be crabbing a lot. You he's know, very he's not... crabby. He's incredibly yes. crabby. He's crabby about new ideas. He's crabby about the wireless. Oh, the wireless. Rose yep. wanted. He's crabby yes. about the memorial. He's he's crabby about Edith. <laughs> you know, I am glad to see that Mary and Edith have renewed their hatred for one another because there was some bonding. But they're just at each other's. I know. Like, they are just, again. I mean, Mar- I mean, it's just, it's really unappealing. And Mary, who has many yeah. fine qualities and traits, but she is just vicious to her sister. And let's face vicious. it, Mary gets everything. She gets the estate. She got the hot husband, number one. She gets this, yeah. the child. She gets potential sexcapade, sketching trip, hot husband, number two. And poor Edith has... Like she had a job, her father made her give it up. She had a boyfriend, he went to Germany. You know, she had a baby, she had to, she had to hand it over to the sharecropper and his wife. I know, to the farmer Brown there. Okay. I know. So, poor Edith. None of them have anything to do. Doesn't that strike you? No, like it I looks saw. terrible to be a woman in that era and it looks pretty bad to be a guy. <laughs> I know, I know. So, uh, but I'm, I think that Tom is going, you know, he's... I don't know if he's going to start a revolution this season, but I think he's going to move back to his firebrand ways. I I think Lord Grantham is, is just, he's just going to continue to crab. Um, But we should, well, let's, let's delve into Mary. So Mary's in, she is in quite a predicament, I guess, you know, true love is not enough for her. She wants to be certain if she marries again, because she said she doesn't want a divorce. Right. That's a very modern thing to say in, uh, for a woman uh, during her period. Uh, so she so she feels like she has to have sex with these guys yeah. before. Uh, it's, so it's like watching The Bachelorette, Liam. Uh, that's really what we're watching. <laughs> it is. Really just instead where they're in a Liverpool hotel and then The Bachelorette, they do it in a hot tub. But it's pretty much the same. Like she has, you're going to see her with different suitors in various situations, right? Well, now Ooh. that she has, you know, the maid to buy her birth control, she can do whatever oh, oh she wants. Gosh, <laughs> that scene. All right. Well, first of all, packing for the weekend. Yeah. That I love how Anna said, well, I will pack you clothes that you can get out of, you know? <laughs> That was yeah. a great line. That's true. Okay. And then, of course, she said, well, Tony can help me get out of items, too. <laughs> so in her little suitcase for her for her weekend or week uh, away, she had clothes that were easy on, easy off. That yeah. was it. And then to have a maid that you can send once you've got that book in your drawer, in your nightstand, right. whatever that book is. Uh, I haven't. Done I the think research. that's the same book mom gave us. I mean, frankly, it's, I think it's the same 1922 book we got. It's not Our Bodies Ourselves. It was not that. Where I learned most, most of the mechanics of pretty much everything. Okay. I like that she couldn't even be bothered to read it. She was like, here, Anna, you read it, and then you go get what I need. I know. And poor Anna had to go, oh, gosh, was that humiliating? It was. I mean, first she goes in there, and there's a pharmacist. Does he? Did he have the creepiest eyes? Or he did. What? He oh, was Dickensian. God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, so she finally gets, you know, the female attendant. <laughs> but, I mean, but the 20, talk about 20 questions. questions. Are you married? Why don't you want any more kids? I know. So, and there they just jammed it in the paper bag. <laughs> Oh, well, I hope it works out. I hope it works out. So, 
So Mary, I, I well, I know Mary's going to get caught. Okay, I, I don't, I we don't know that yet, but I just know she's going to get caught. It's going right. to blow up in her face. And well, uh, I think they're not going to be very compatible. That's what I think. I think they're going. She's going to find out that they are not sexually compatible, and she's not going to spend the rest of her life with Tony because we uh-huh. had the other guy, whatever his name is, <laughs> the other yeah, that showed the shooter showed up. Showed yeah. up. yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, we didn't even mention um, the uh, the footman in bed with the. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. That was a good I love that, Liam. I, lo- I was sorry to see him leave. Yeah. He's that was guy. really very. Um, that was a delightful scene. That yeah. Mary was just with the fire. With the okay, fire. Which I, which I enjoyed. That which lady. brings us to Edith. Yeah. Uh, Edith. And so there, there is Edith. She just. She's at wit's end. She starts, she almost burns down, down Nabby. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. The best line from that was, uh, save the dog. When the father yelled, say, Isis is getting a lot of time. This More Isis, less Mosley, is what I say. But uh, save the dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, but Edith is, and so she's down at Farmer Brown's house yeah. all the time. And you know, Mrs. Brown, the farmer's wife, he, she she is really annoyed with this, isn't she? She doesn't want this. No. I mean, she's taken this child in as her child, and now she has Lady Edith showing up for tea. Yeah, like all but, the time. And she has Lady Edith showing up for tea and completely ignoring the other four kids. Have you noticed that? Yes, yes. <laughs> so in episode two, Farmer Brown, who has figured, figured things out for himself, that this is, in fact, Lady Edith's, Edith's child... And he comes up with the whole godmother uh, yeah, uh, scheme. Scheme. So what do you think of the godmother scheme? That well, Lady Edith will be the godmother to baby Marigold. Yeah. And so I, therefore she will have some formal role with the child and have reason to visit and, you know, and uh, care for the child. That will also blow up. If the sketching tour is going to blow up, the godmother role is going to going to blow up too because that farmer's wife is not happy she is not happy and you know i you know she is putting out for that child and what is it like their fourth or fifth child that she has now adopted and done the the good christian thing and you know no she's gonna she's gonna tattle that That situation will blow up yeah that situation will blow up and then that will give lord grantham more reasons to be cranky (laughs) cranky Oh, okay. You know what, though? I do feel sorry for Rose. Like, after Jazz Hands exited the scene, she has nothing to do, that poor child. No, but Leanna, I'm excited because she is helping Russian refugees. Oh, that's right. That's that's Leanna. There is going to be a whole Russian theme now. These are, you know, these are the Russian aristocrats that left Russia with the Bolshevik Revolution. Yeah. So I am looking forward to this because it will be a nice Russian theme to Downton Abbey, right? Oh, you're right, Julie. You're right. That is going to be good. That's going to be, yeah, that'll be excellent. And we didn't really see much of uh, Bates this time so i don't know what he's gonna he's gonna blow yeah he's he's gonna kill somebody else i mean that's what i i think is going to happen there yeah just he's stalking around with that cane you know he seems suspicious of anna he didn't know why anna wasn't going on the sketching trip with lady mary you know he's just he's not he's not happy he's not a happy man so 
He's going to turn his anger somewhere. That's my prediction. Well, I think in general, it looks like a very positive season. A lot of good storylines setting up. And once again, unbelievable clothes. I mean, I, for one, I'm glad they're still dressing for dinner because yes, yes, it's just, it's unbelievable. The clothes (laughs) has fantastic costumes, fantastic setting. And I like a little bit more sex. So I'm totally, totally happy with, with Downton Abbey so far. Maybe this is a year for sex. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It started strong in episode one. Yeah. Uh, Certainly episode two, it's set up. And I can't wait for episode three with the hotel scenes in the adjoining room in Liverpool. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. All right. We always want to hear your opinions. You can go to SatelliteSisters.com and comment on our blog. Uh, Remember that? People still do that now, even though there is also Facebook, our Facebook group, and our official Satellite Sisters Facebook page. What did you think of uh, episodes one and two? Who are you rooting for? Who are you not rooting for? What do you think is going to happen on Mary's Sexcapade? That's what we want to know. On the sketching trip. And did you have your own sketching trip? That's just a good And how did it turn out? Yeah, let's let's just, oh, yeah, let's fess, fess up. It's fess up time. It's January 2015. I'm clean. Right. Meditate and fess up. All right, we are the Satellite Sisters. Julie, I know you need to get a good night's sleep, and I need to get this show posted. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back this weekend. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>